This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. The saga of the Canadian Triple Crown journey continued with the running of the second leg, the Prince of Wales Stakes, last Tuesday at Fort Erie Racetrack. It had poured rain all day long, but thankfully it held off for the actual race. The dirt track, though, was a mud fest. That did not stop Velocitor from crossing the wire first, leaving King's Plate winner Paramount Prince in third place, so no Triple Crown winner this year after all. Got to tell you, it was a superb and strategic ride by jockey Justin Stein, who was able to garner the lion's share of the $400,000 Prince of Wales purse. Justin is our guest on Ponies 24-7 today. We are absolutely thrilled. He's going to walk us through, or should I say ride us through, last Tuesday's big race. In addition, harness driver Tyler Borth joins us. Now, he is currently in a race of his own for leading driver in Canada, with that last count holding a slim 10-victory lead over none other than James McDonald. We're going to meet him in just a few moments as he prepares for a night of driving at Woodbine Mohawk Park this evening. Also today, great friend of the show, Woodbine head clocker and odds maker Ernie Perry. We're putting him to work, as always, by asking him to break down today's Woodbine stakes races, including the Rico Woodbine Mile. He'll also offer us a view from the clocker stand of all of the comings and goings at Woodbine today. Cannot wait. And finally, he's back. My wonderful co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be one heck of a show, so get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new feature called In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by R.S. Bulk propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine. 
Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, and our, in case you missed it, a look at the week that was in horse racing news and sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Larry, great to see you. I was of two minds when it came to the Prince of Wales. When I looked at the track conditions just before the race began, I was really worried about the safety of all the horses, frankly. Yeah, there was one word that described Fort Erie that day, wet. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good day. It was a good day of racing, considering the track. Um, you know, it was unfortunate because it, it's a dirt track, and the dirt track can get uh, very sloppy, which you wouldn't have on the tapita surface here at Woodbine. But as we spoke about last week, it was the largest field in 21 years. You had Paramount Prince going for the second leg, which unfortunately a horse by the name of Velocitor beat him. Uh, so there won't be another Triple Crown winner again. So it was, I believe, what, 20 years since Wando. So now we're probably looking at best uh, maybe 21 years, you know, if somebody wins it next year. But you got to give a tip the hat to uh, Velocitor and a nice ride by Justin Stein. And who knows what's going to happen. Uh, we got the breeder stakes coming on October the 1st. Uh, will Paramount Prince go to that race? Will uh, Velocitor go? Because you're now entering into a different uh, time zone, I guess you could say, because of the fact that these horses are going to be racing on turf in, in a lot of cases for the first time. So, you know... Which you may level the playing field. It could level the playing field, but it also could bring somebody else out that, uh, you know, hasn't uh, been in the first two legs of yeah. the Triple Crown. And that's normally what it is. And the other thing, it's a mile and a half. And... A lot of horses aren't built to go that mile and a half distance. So uh, it's going to be very interesting when they put the nominations in for the uh, the breeders on October 1st. And you know the, the horses very well, Velocitor and Paramount Prince. So if if everything works out the way it should, will they be able to handle the turf? Well, I think that's up to Kevin Attard mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, Mark C- Cassie, the trainer of Paramount Prince, because they know the horses better. Uh, they know the pedigree. They can look back and see, you know, if the, any siblings to these horses uh, raced on the turf and raced successfully. They'll know the sire and whether the sire has, um, you know, sired some grass horses. And in a lot of cases, they'll know the mother of the horse and, and whether she has uh, fooled any horses that have raced on the turf or maybe she raced on the turf as well. So it, there's a lot of question marks and, and it always is that way with the breeders because of the fact that you're introducing grass, you're introducing a different distance, mile and a half. It's it's the largest uh, triple or longest, I should say, triple crown race uh, of the three of them. And the fact that there will not be a triple crown winner clearly now because two different horses won the first two legs, does that mean that there is a chance that maybe Velocitor might not run in the race? Maybe Paramount Prince might not enter the race? Again, I think that, that that'll come down to the trainers, but uh, you know, it just it just shows you that it's been 20 years and now it's going to be 21 and we've talked about this in the past shows and we talked about it last year. It's the toughest triple crown to win because you go to the U.S., you got the Preakness, you got the Kentucky Derby, and you got the Belmont. They're all on dirt. They're different distances, but they're all on dirt. Here, you're dealing with different surfaces. Tapita, you got Tapita. You've got turf, you've got yep. dirt. And dirt, 
and they're different distances. So you got six different components there. That's what makes it a great horse race. That's All right. three of them. <laughs> that's right. Thank you, Larry. And that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. An honest-to-goodness thrill to be joined today by Woodbine jockey Justin Stein, who just this past Tuesday was the giant slayer when he steered Velocitor to victory in the $400,000 Prince of Wales Stakes. Welcome to the show for the first time. Thank you, Justin, for being with us. Where are you exactly right now? Currently in the jockey's room at Woodbine Racetrack. All right, Justin, let's talk about the Prince of Wales. Uh, did you go into that race with a good feeling about Velocitor? I did. I, it was a vibe, the vibe of the day. Everybody felt the same way. Um, the trainer, a good feeling. So the conditions of the track were just nasty at race time. Uh, it had been raining all day. The, the track was sloppy. How did you feel Velocitor was going to do? And did it concern you because it was so muddy and so sloppy, Justin? It's always a concern when a horse is um, going to experience a completely new uh, surface or type of surface. And here at Woodbine, we have a synthetic racetrack. So it never actually gets muddy so you know we took that in, into consideration we being uh the trainer and and i the horse will let you know pretty much as soon as the gate opens and they start running their stride he was very comfortable and that's all i needed to know were you happy with his race in the king's plate and did you learn anything from the way he raced in the plate to take to the prince of wales with you yeah you know i i was very happy with the way velocity ran in the queen in the king's plate I wasn't surprised with the way he ran, and I felt that coming out of that race that he, that the trainer would be able to improve on him a little bit more and have him in better shape for Prince of Wales. Justin, I watched the coverage of the Prince of Wales, and I saw you being interviewed, and you, you alluded to the fact that it, this has been a bit of a challenging year for you and that winning the Prince of Wales was just great. Can you expand on that a bit? What What's happened to you this year? Um, we've had... I've had some bad luck. Um, basically, you know, things like coming down to deciding between two horses and which one to ride, you know, pick the wrong horse a few times. And then on top of that insult, the injury to horse that I took, I ended up being replaced as a rider. There's been a few of those instances and the horses that I've taken off of came back and ran winning races or won multiple times. And I've had a bunch of seconds where they were, they could have easily been wins, you know, photos, losing photos, and just some unfortunate things that, you know, jock face and have to go through. And the hard part for me was the, the mental aspect of that, which, you know, the last three years, the last three seasons at Woodbine, I was in the top three in it, and Sovereign Award finalist two of those years for Canada's top jockey. So, you know, all of a sudden being nowhere and I've been taking off horses and some people kind of, you know, they lose interest in you and it's just sort of 
perspective, I guess. People see things sometimes not as how they are. You know, I haven't changed my riding style. I go out there and ride a good race. My horses are finishing where they need to finish or where they can finish, and sometimes a little bit better. But um, winning the Prince of Wales is just like, yeah, I still know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I still (laughs) enjoy what I'm doing, and and I get a lot lot of run out of a horse, and a lot of people have said to me that I rode a great race in that race, and that's all me as a rider. Uh, that's all I want to hear at the end of the day when I when I I want to know that, that they're happy with the ride I've given them that I've given them a, a really good ride and the horse couldn't finish any better. You know what? You're really good at what you do, Justin. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do love it. I love riding these things and connecting with them, just and reading their their body language and what I feel when I'm on their back. Well, speaking of Velocitor again. Should trainer Kevin Attard choose to go down the path of the breeder stakes on the turf, do you think he acts like a horse that can run on the on the uh, turf course? I believe that Velocitor has a lot of talent, and really, wherever Kevin decides to run the horse, you know, I would I want to be on the horse. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran really well on the grass, mm-hmm. and that's about all I can all I all I can give you on that. So, Justin, you've had a fantastic career, I always say, so far. You retired in 2016. Why did you do that? Um, Well, I was going through some things in life. I was very unhappy. My personal life, was I was struggling, I guess you could say, like many people do. And um, I had to try something to, to change my my vibe, my whatever it was that was going on to make me happy. And when I did, when I left, I found some some things out about myself. And um, one of the things that I discovered was that, yeah, I wasn't ready to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and horse racing wasn't the source of my unhappiness. And that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I discovered a lot of things while I was away. And that it did bring me back to horse racing. And I'm... I would say the captain of my own ship now and and uh, just go out here and ride every race the same, you know, try to win it and and give give a good ride and, and enjoy it while I do it. This year you connected with Francine Villeneuve as as your agent. Um, how did that all come about? That's yeah, that's uh that's horse racing. It's a horse racing story. So <laughs> you know, um, Francine was a trainer mm-hmm. and a jockey previously to that. She was available for time, time-wise, she was available. And so I did think and consider asking her if she would be interested in doing it because I've seen how hard she works and how tough she is. And um, I needed to change something. I had a great run with my, my previous agent, Neil Wilson, who it was just one of those things that wasn't working. We, were, we both needed to do something that maybe um, would help us, right? So... That was a tough decision, but Francine, um, in the spring, was still training horses, and she ended up being injured, and she she had to disperse her, her stable, and uh, one of her horses actually ended up going to my wife to train. My wife was training the horse, so we were still in, in contact and, and talked quite often and enough, and um, I thought she'd be perfect. You know, she's a go-getter. She worked. She works her butt off. Everybody knows her. She's tough, and she knows the industry on several at several angles. I thought, you know what? Let's give her a whirl, and we've been a good team from the start. 
You know, Justin, you just mentioned that your wife is a trainer. So it's obviously horse racing right now and, and in the past, it is a family affair for you. How does that relationship with your wife work business-wise? It's great. Um, we're an amazing team. You know, I support her and her her job and she supports me and what I do. I help her with, with the horses that she has. It's hard to find hard to find help, right? And also help is expensive and she's a small stable and, and trying to get going. So, you know, I there's only a couple of horses there that, that I was getting on and helping her with. But we work really well together as a team. She she listens to my input and I listen to her input and we take our each other's opinions, think about them, discuss them and come up with an opinion or a plan together. Ultimately when it comes to the training that she has final say. It's a lot of fun working with my wife. It makes uh, coming to work even even more enjoyable. It's a match made in heaven, or in this case, horse heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, listening to you, Justin, it sounds like you've got a lot of positive going in, in your, your life right now. Um, what goals do you have for your riding career going forward? Uh, just to ride every day the best that I can. You know, come in here, be thankful for, for what I have and what I, what I do, and Really, race riding is a, you can make lots of plans as a jock as far as your future goes, but it's, it's only tentative. Yesterday, a rider that has been doing really well at Woodbine was injured and will be out for the season now, and he's the second one. Oh. You know, so you, I guess you got to kind of plan for things like that as a rider. You know, you got to be aware that maybe tomorrow will be my last day of riding for a while or forever. And so that's why I just come out. And I enjoy each race. When I'm on a horse's back, the rest of the world doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. a great, great place to be. It's beautiful. What advice have you to up-and-comers who would like to achieve the greatness that you have so far? <laughs> well, to respect everyone around you, to respect the jobs that they do. When I say they and, and, and the jobs, I'm talking about hot walkers. I'm talking about the people that bring the, the grass to the horses. You don't know what they've done or, or where they've been. And they have they're you know older people or younger people. You don't know what their their story is, but as a jockey, as far as a jockey goes, you're in the limelight, you're in the spotlight. People watch your actions, and so as a young rider, you want to be professional. You want to present yourself well, have good manners, basic stuff. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated, and then go out there and and work your butt off and, and improve and work on improving yourself every day in any little way and and don't think that you fail right you just you know if you if you fail you move on and you and you try again and just keep trying and, and keep working at it and and you got to be lucky you have to get you do you have to get lucky wow life according to jockey justin stein yeah. justin thanks for doing this and good luck from the rest of the uh of the season and uh, going forward and, uh, you know, many more winners for you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Ann. Thank you, Justin. And when we come back, Woodbine Mohawk Park driver Tyler Borth joins us here on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. 
Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We're pleased to be joined by Woodbine Mohawk Park driver Tyler Borth, who is uh, on the path to uh, superstardom, as far as I'm concerned, and we'll explain why when he joins us, which is right now. Tyler, good to have you with us, and things are going really well for you this season. Yeah, it's been going great. I can't, can't complain at all, and thanks for having me on today. Well, let's get right into it, Tyler. You made the decision to try Woodbine Mohawk Park on a regular basis uh, this year. How did that come about that decision well i got off to i had a really good year last year and i got off to a good start this year and i just thought when western fair closed down um in the spring there that i would give it a try and so far it's been working out i'll say you are currently the leading harness driver in canada but somebody nipping at your heels pretty closely james mcdonald how do you feel about that yeah no he's (laughs) i think he's I don't think he's too far away, and I don't think I'm going to be able to hold him off. But, yeah, obviously that would be a huge feat if I could get it done. But if I do finish second in wins in Canada, James McDonald, then, yeah, I guess I can't complain because he's the king. They do call him king. They don't call him King James for nothing. <laughs> and what's your relationship like with King James? Yeah, he's great. He's a very good guy. He, um, not a negative person, very positive person. Good buddy, man. So, is this something important that you keep your eye on, on the difference between you and, and, and James in, in wins? And is this something you check all the time or no? No, I wouldn't say I check it all the time. Um, just cause I'm going to be what it's going to be. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah no, no, I do. I have people tell me more than I look myself, but. And what do you think yeah. is, what's put you in the position of being leading harness driver so far? What do, what do you think has been going right for you? Yeah, well, like in this business, I obviously, I'm a big believer in like horsepower wins races. So I've drove a lot of favorites this year, and I've just been smart enough not to mess it up. 
<laughs> and you were leading driver at Western Fair in London last year. Uh, they open next month in October. Are we going to see you at Western Fair again this year? Yeah, I plan to drive there on um, the days that Mohawk's not racing. So I think maybe on like a Tuesday, I think Mohawk's drops Tuesdays. And then in the new year, they race Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and Mohawk doesn't. So I'll likely be there one day a week till the end of the year, and then hopefully two days a week in the new year. So what drew you initially to Western Fair Raceway, but also now to Woodbine Mohawk Park? What's the draw? Well, to London initially, it was always my home track. I got my first win there, and we had some horses on our own that always fit the class there and seemed to do good there. So it's just always where I have, like, like my home base type deal. And then, yeah, now to switch to Mohawk, obviously, because the money's, the money's really nice, and it's just kind of the way it worked out. I don't know. I'm 10 years into my career, and, yeah, I think that's any driver's end goal that would like to drive there, so... I, I get the idea, Tyler, that you put a lot of miles on your truck. Uh, give me give me an idea of a typical day for you that one, you know, say a, a Saturday or another day where there might be multiple racing. Uh, give me an idea. Well, I'll give you a quick little Saturday to Sunday. I drove a thousand from Saturday morning when I left to Sunday night when I got home. I drove a thousand and forty four kilometers. <laughs> wow. so I left my house. I went to Mohawk qualifiers in the morning and then I left there and went to Hanover for the afternoon racing and then I left Hanover and I went back to Mohawk for night racing and then I went home and then Sunday I woke up and I went to Clinton for afternoon racing then from Clinton I went to Georgian which is like a two-hour drive for the night racing there and then from Georgian I'm two hours home. Wow. Hmm. That's the epitome yeah. of horsepower. It, it is. In the yeah. car, in yeah. the car, in the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the truck takes the beating this, in the summer. <laughs> Obviously, you're passionate about harness racing. So how did you get involved in it in the first place? Um, my parents, um, my dad has always had a stable of horses, still does now with me. And my mom did too when I was a younger kid. She had a stable. She doesn't have any more. She actually owned some horses with us. But both my parents uh, were in the business. So when you decided to make the move to uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, did you set any goals for yourself? No, I didn't set any goals. I'm not really a goal setter. I was just hoping that I would get drives there. And yeah, like I didn't expect to be getting as many drives as I am, but that was just my hope just to be on the sheet, right? Yeah. Long shots is not. And from your perspective, is harness racing about horses competing against one another or drivers competing against one another? I would have to say it's a little bit of both. I think when you get like two good horses that are close, that that's cool. You know what I mean? That week after week, either one of them can win and with their driver as well, I guess. I, I would say both. You mentioned earlier that Western Fair is very important to you and you had your first winning drive there. Do you remember the horse? <laughs> yeah, it was actually one that uh, me and my dad trained. His name was Regent Hall. And what was it about that horse that was so spectacular, do you think? Uh, he had gate speed, and he was in a cheap race. Oh. <laughs> I love your honesty, Tyler, really, truly. So. He didn't go on to do too much after that one, but at least he got one of them. And, and I know you, you drive a lot of horses. Uh, tell me who you would like to be with if that you haven't already. I don't know. I would like to drive, like, a really, really nice trotter. Like, um, yeah, because I've always grew up training trotters, right? So I wouldn't see anyone in particular, but. 
Yeah, one of the really nice trotters would be fun to sit behind. You know, the name Hanover, obviously it's a place, it's a, it's a lovely town in southern Ontario, uh, but it also yeah. it has a, a prestigious name when it comes to harness racing. Have you driven any of the Hanover horses? I have driven some Hanover horses. I've actually trained a few of them. I'm, a Lodi Hanover pops out my mind right now. Yeah. I win the one you wish upon a star with her. So, yeah, that was a nice one. Is there a race that's important to you that you would like to win in your driving career? Yeah, I would say the Hamiltonian, but I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I can dream, right? <laughs> what has to happen, Tyler, for that to happen, if you'll pardon the way I asked that question? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess you got to get lucky. Not too many people win. That's obviously a huge race, but I don't just keep grinding and show up to work every night and keep a positive attitude and you never know. You're a real yeoman when it comes to harness racing. Have you changed your strategy over the time that you uh, have been racing? Yeah, I find I'm a lot more patient now and a lot more patient than I ever used to be. And especially just changing your strategy, like driving on the half to the big track, right? Like on the half, you really have to use your horse leaving to get into position because you normally want to be up close. Where at Mohawk, it's a little different. I find you got to be careful how much you use your horse early because it's a really long stretch. So do you find it difficult if you're driving, say, at a Western Fair one day, which is a half-mile track, and then that night you're going over to Woodbine Mohawk Park, if they happen to be racing on the same nights or that, is there does it take you a couple of races to get yourself adjusted to the bigger track? Um, no, I don't find that now. Um, I found it a little difficult when I wasn't used to it, like mm-hmm. going there. But now that I've drove enough there, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to really get the hang of it. So it's you still have it in your mind that that's a big track. And no, I don't find it. It takes any time to adjust now that I'm kind of used to it. I like to talk about the atmosphere, and particularly at Mohawk. Uh, what are the fans like? What's the feeling like? What is it? You know, does it raise your energy level exponentially when you're away to the races, if you will? Yeah, I think it's like on the big nights when there's a lot of people there and you can hear them like when you're coming down the lane, you can hear them start cheering as you get closer to the wire. So, yeah, that could, I guess, give you goosebumps a little bit, I guess, especially (laughs) if you're winning the race. Does it encourage the horse to go faster as well, do you think? I don't know. I've never asked (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. (laughs) So growing up, uh, Tyler, was there a driver that you maybe watched a lot and maybe patterned your your own driving style after you know it, it, maybe it was your father or, or somebody like that or um no i would say like on the half miles trevor henry he was you know i think you watch the guys that are winning a lot of races at the time it was him he was always leaving the gating put him in position and I, and I also remember watching mohawk when i was younger it just seemed like Jody Davidson and Mark McDonald at Mohawk, they were always the ones leaving the gate. They were always up near the front, and they were always seemed to me like they were winning all the races. So I would have to say those three guys. There's that McDonald name again. <laughs> James <Yeah>. now. <laughs> it was Mark McDonald before James, I think, even drove when I was watching. But <laughs> yeah. Is there anything about James' style that you, you certainly wouldn't copy because that's not your style, but that you admire? I just like the way James keeps the horse on the bit. I find I'm very good at keeping a horse alive and keeping the bit in their mouth. Like, even late when they're getting tired, you don't see James ever really throwing the lines at them. Like, he's usually got a pretty tight hold on them, and I think that he, uh, yeah, he can keep a horse alive. Well, before we let you go, Tyler, a quick question for you. How do you prepare for 
like as I keep going back to where you're driving, you know, two different tracks that day. How do you prepare for your drives at one track and then get in the truck and then get over to the other? What's your preparation for that second track? Yeah, I don't really do a lot of preparing. It's like you just you drive the last race at Hanover. You don't really have time to think because you just got to <laughs> think, get, get in your truck and get there because you waste any time, you'll be late. So Yeah. Stiff cup of coffee. I just listen to, I listen to music a lot. And, yeah, I don't really prepare at all. It's just something that you see your name down on the sheet, so that's what your day is going to be. So you just do it. And being interviewed, is that part of your job as well, just like what we're doing right now? <laughs> I guess when you win some of the big races, it's part of your job to do an interview after. But I guess if you're winning the big races, why wouldn't you want to do it? Yep, yeah. absolutely. You're very special, Tyler. You really are unique. <laughs> and I wish you all the best. I hope you win every race that you enter from now on. <laughs> That's the okay. Ponies 24-7 wish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for doing this, Tyler. Yeah, not a problem. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine head clocker and odds maker Ernie Perry joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with hpibet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to hpibet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Great friend of the show, Woodbine head clocker and morning line odds maker Ernie Perry joins us right now. Today, Ernie will be front and center as Woodbine hosts its grade one turf champions day that includes the running of the Rico Woodbine Mile. So we're going to ask Ernie to break down these tremendous stakes events, and there are many of them today, and who better to talk about what impressed him on his clockers report this weekend than, of course, Ernie Perry. Hi, Ernie. Welcome back to the show. It's always so great to have you with us. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Anne and uh, Larry. This is my favorite, probably my favorite day of racing of the year. King's Plate is nice, mm-hmm. but for the two-year-old races today, um, they're, they're my absolute favorite. Tell us why. You know, there's future superstars there, um, and from a betting perspective, you're getting full fields of 15 and 11, and on our expansive turf course, it's just great to see them coming down the lane, and it's just a fantastic betting race. And of course, there's Breeders' Cup basically entry, you know, if you win the race, right? The race is. Yeah, implications, and then you'll see, and, and they've done well at the Breeders' Cup, so you know, I, I'm a homer, and I, I love Woodbine, and I like to see horses that run well here go to the Breeders' Cup and run well. 
You know, I'm interested in one of the races, the Bet365 Summer Stakes. Can you talk to us about that? And is it relatively new now that the this sort of new deal is in place? So, yeah, that's it's always been the Summer Stakes. Um, just the Bet365 is a, a new sponsorship because we are on Bet365 now. But uh, like I said, it's always been the Summer Stakes. It's a great one for two-year-old boys and winning you're in, like Larry mentioned. So... Uh, you get to go to the Breeders' Cup if if you win, but uh, I, you know the Phillies race comes up tougher a lot, mostly every year. But this is a nice rendition as well. All right, I'd like to pick your brain for a minute here, Ernie, and, and go back to this past Tuesday and the uh, Prince of Wales. Do you think the sloppy track worked against Paramount Prince, or was it just the situation or the the faster pace that he was uh, up against? What do you think? Absolutely. Um, you know, he did get pressured a bit more and. Uh, in the slop, that faster pace went 45, I believe, at 110 yeah. Yeah. for the three quarters. So I think that's all it was. Um, I believe he's still a nice horse, and he'll still continue to show it. You know, in the Kings Plate, I liked Velocitor, and I put it on my clock report at 70 to 1, and he finished fourth, and he had been training well. So I'm not surprised to see Velocitor win, but I just think it was a quick pace, like you said. And Ernie, what was it about Velocitor on Tuesday night that allowed him to win? He had a great jockey, obviously, but the track conditions were, ugh, it was a mud fest. What was it that put him ahead of everybody else? Well, like in the King's Plate, he, he sat behind a bit, and, uh, you know, um, Paramount Prince never stopped. And with Paramount Prince getting pressured in the Prince of Wales and with, uh, you know, the stopping a little bit more speed going with him, just allowed him to get tired and uh, Velocer to come in and close. All right. Well, I'd like to, uh, for our new listeners, talk a little bit about your role as the head clocker at Woodbine. And maybe if you could talk about the difference in workouts. There's handley, there's breezing, and there's all these other terms that, uh, you know, somebody comes to the, to the racetrack maybe for the first or second time, they're looking at a racing farm and they don't, don't know exactly what those terms mean. Can you explain it? Yeah, so when you come in and you look at the racing form and uh, at the bottom of each horse's past performances, you'll see a section that says works, and it'll start with the date um, and then the track that it worked on and the distance. So they work a furlong, a quarter of a mile, um, you know, uh, three-eighths of a mile and four furlongs and five-eighths of a mile and so on, and that's listed. And it'll give you the condition of the track, and then it'll give you the time, and then, like you said, there'll be a B and an H. So breathing is pretty much when um, a rider, an exercise rider, or a jock just sits on the horse and is pretty motionless. H means handily, means that he's been urged to, you know, go quicker and whatnot. So, you know, B is better than an H. Some horses need the H, but, uh, you know, a breeze is better than pushing a horse. And then it'll give you the how, how fast they went out of how many horses for that day. In a nutshell, that's the, when you read the the PPs, but at different distances, and you know we all do it by stopwatch. And uh, there's three of us up there on the main track that uh, that clock, so we can have anywhere from you know slow day, maybe 20 horses, to a busy day we've had 300 horses. Hmm, interesting. And you know when you talk about a stopwatch, it made me think and want to ask the question: Has the technology changed since you first began as a clocker? It has, especially for the races. I mean, they're timed via satellite now, and, you know, they were trying to implement that the works, but they haven't got that far yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, other than that, for the works, it's you know, it's strictly uh, good old Timex stopwatches that, unfortunately, they don't make anymore. These certain ones, but, uh, 
and we'll move on to new ones, but it is just a regular stopwatch. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're a really busy guy. You're also the morning line odds maker. Do you think bettors can use the morning line as a good handicapping angle? Namely, if you make a horse 2-to-1 in the morning line and he opens at 10-to-1, is this a situation where the horse is cold on the board, or did you misread the race? Well, you know, it's it's funny you say that because there's been a couple last week that, uh, and I wanted to pose the question that I made four to one, went off at eight to one, and won. Mm-hmm. So, is it a bad line? Technically, yes, because I'm trying to guess at the end of the day what the public's going to bet. Mm-hmm. But if you ask the people that bet that horse and got eight to one, it was a great line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So because they've made uh, that's what we call an overlay, right? So the horse went off at more than what I thought it should have. If you bet the horse, you're happy. But technically, is it a bad line? Yes. I'm, you know, I'm trying to guess where the horse is going to finish at the end of the day. So it's just to give a guideline to, you know, the trainers and owners where what spot they're in, and and for the betters if they're betting uh, horizontal bets like pick fours and pick fives. Some might throw out a twenty-one automatically, but then in the race he goes off at six to one, and they're, you know, a little upset because he went. You know, it's funny, Ernie, I'm, I'm listening to you very closely, and you use the word guess. So how much of this is guesswork on your part, strategy, experience, uh, gut, instinct? Well, there, there, there's a mathematical formula that I actually use, so that takes that work out, the guesswork out of it. But a lot of it is just good old basic handicapping, trying to get into the mind of the, the better. Um, and, and by that I use, so Mark Cassie is one of our top trainers. Kevin Attard is one of our top trainers. Uh, Kazushi Kimura, um, Hernandez are our top riders. So when they get together, people will just gravitate to them. Uh, usually they're on the better horses on paper, and that's why I'll use them as an example to make the morning line. And you know, someone that hasn't started many or a rider that's just starting out might not take that attention, and he'll be a higher price. Okay, you were talking about handicapping before. Well, guess what? We're going to get you to put your handicapping hat on now. <laughs> nice and tight. <laughs> nice and tight. And right. let's let's talk about uh, today's card at Woodbine and maybe some of your clocker specials and you know some of the your opinions on the uh, the stakes races today. Well, we'll start off with the uh, clocker report today. I have a horse. Oh wow, um, from Marty Drexler. He's um, you know a hot trainer right now, and this horse worked really really well. On September 9th and 46 and two, so he went the first quarter in 23 and a fifth, and came home in 23 and a fifth. So I like to see when horses come home quickly, and obviously 23 and one fifth of a second is is very fast for a horse to come home. So it just puts me the lead that he's in good form right now, and uh, you know he galloped out well, and so that's one horse that I like to use today in race one, and. Um, for the uh, summer stakes, if you're looking for a horse, you know, my boy Prince is going to be very tough. I very, I like the Philly Arosa, and that's another thing. Yeah, with two-year-olds, you know, a lot of the girls run with the boys. So you'll see a lot of horses enter today in the summer, and then you'll see the same horse enter in the Natalma. So they can only run in one race. They can run in one race. It'll be up to the trainer, usually before the windows open, uh, for betting that they'll have to decide which race they're going to go in. So, Ernie, is there anybody that may take you by surprise, any horse that today might just make Ernie Perry go, oh, my? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping there is. Um, another one on the clocker report is simply in front in the Natalma. Um, I made her 20-to-1 in the morning line. 
she ran a very nice second first time out. And, you know, this one's been training up a storm. This one was working well uh, prior to the first race. Uh, I know the barn is very high on, on this one, and I would like to see it for the barn. And uh, I think the horse has a chance at a big price simply in front in the Natalma. So what was it about clocking horses that got you so interested in in horse racing and, and wanting to do this as your, your career? So my dad used to come to the races like a lot of dads and bring me, and I just fell in love with the, the color of the silks and the horses at that time. And, you know, I, I came back here and I started walking horses called Walking Hawks, and Unfortunately, the pay is not the best, and it's just a real love of the sport. So I had to leave just for a better-paying job. But uh, when this opportunity came up, I saw it, and I took advantage and you know, came back to the racetrack with a little pay cut. But you know what? At mm. the end of the day, I time horses for a living, and that's what I get to tell people is my job, and it's pretty cool. And the other part of your job is that of odds maker, and you've been very successful at that. Where did that come from in you? Um, again, that's just the gambling uh, part of me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's at the end of the day, that's where it all starts from. You can love the horse as much as you can, but um, there's a little a gambling in me, a little degeneracy that started growing up, and just I'd come here every day, take the bus, and pay to get in and buy a program. Maybe not much in my pocket, but mm-hmm. just loved it, and uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, you know benefits for me. It's a fantastic job. Man. You alluded to earlier about, you know, handicapping angles and that. And, and yeah, you, you base a lot of your handicapping on your clocker's report and watching horses work, uh, you know, in the mornings and that. Is there any other angles that you maybe look at, like maybe third time off a layoff or first time Lasix? Or is there, is there one that maybe is a, is a go-to one for you? I, I really like a horse that, you know, has would say would take money first time out and then comes back and is at a bigger price. Uh, there was an example of a horse that came from Gulfstream and this horse was six to five first time out and finished ninth by 40 lengths. And you have to wonder to yourself why people are pretty smart in general. And when they're betting a horse, there's a reason they're betting a horse. And you have to think to yourself, why are they betting this horse? And he finished ninth by 48 lengths. Well, Somebody obviously liked him for some reason. And, you know, he came back and he won at 6-1. to one. So that's a fantastic angle. Keeping on horses that were bet hard, especially first-time starters, that were bet hard initial start and didn't run well, and then their second time out uh, at a bigger price. Hmm. Before we let you go, Ernie, quick thoughts on the Breeders' Stakes coming up October 1st. What are you thinking? Uh, it's just another exciting day. I mean, <laughs> one day I'd love to get out there to Del Mar. I think that's where it is this year, Santa Anita. Uh, Santa Anita, sorry, but, uh, you know, there, it's just a Super Bowl of horse racing. If you're a horse racing fan, um, there's no better place than really Santa Anita, um, just a site when you can see it on TV. But if you're a horse racing fan, it's it's the Super Bowl of horse racing. You're going to get the best of the best, big fields, big payouts, and it's a fantastic two days. Well, you are the odds maker, Tom Brady. You're also the clocker, Tom Brady, <laughs> I think. So <laughs> the, the Super Bowl of horse Thank racing. You. You're wonderful, Ernie. Thank you. Ernie, thanks for doing this, and uh, 
good luck uh, today with uh, with your picks. I'm going to be betting them, and if they don't win, you're going to hear from me. So. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> had some good ones and bad ones, but we're still plugging away. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Ernie. Okay, thank you, guys. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Before Ann we Romer show, and Larry course, Simpson. What would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. A lot on the docket this day. There is, and hopefully there's some winners on the docket I here. I hope so too. Yeah. Come Let's on. start at Woodbine. They <laughs> have a terrific stakes-filled card, as we've spoke about on, on the show. Race six is the $500,000 grade one bet 365 summer stakes for two-year-olds. Number seven, Erosa is a filly taking on the boys and was very impressive on King's Plate Day when she waited for room in the stretch and burst through traffic to win the catch-a-glimpse stakes at Woodbine. Erosa has had three lifetime starts to date and shows three ascending buyer speed ratings and she should appreciate the stretch out to today's mile distance. Hall of Fame jockey John Velasquez has been hired to ride today and trainer Kevin Attard has worked Erosa twice since that catch-a-glimpse win. Erosa has been double-entered today as she also has been entered in today's eighth race, which is the grade one $500,000 Johnny Walker Natal mistakes at a mile distance for two-year-old fillies. 
So trainer Kevin Attard has a secondary auction for Erosa, and should he decide to enter Erosa in the Talma and race against Phillies, then you would have to think that she would be a force to be reckoned with as well. So I'm going to go, though, Woodbine Race 6, the Grade 1 Bet 365 Summer Stakes, number 7, Erosa. Well, the New York Racing Association has switched to Aqueduct now as Naira conducts the Belmont meet at Aqueduct, and 10 races are set to go today. Race 6 is a maiden special weight for two-year-old fillies, six furlongs on the turf, and 10 fillies have been entered. Number 2, My Toll Magic, has been working well and often since July 8th for trainer Chad Brown, and this filly's mother won eight times on the turf and made over $265,000 racing, and is a half-sister to Canadian champion Mobile, who won over $1.8 million in his career and was second in the Grade 1 Woodbine Mile, which coincidentally just happens to be the feature race at Woodbine today. Wow. Trainer Chad Brown and jockey Irad Ortiz are a combined 29% in 2022 and 2023, and this filly looks very live today for the pair. So Belmont at Aqueduct, race 6, number 2, My Toll Magic. Churchill has an 11-race card today, and race 8 is a one-mile turf uh, allowance for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, purse $127,000. A large field is set to go postward, including number 3, Musical Score, from the team of Brad Cox and Flo Giroux, friend of the show. Lightly raced Musical Score won her first lifetime start in Indiana in May and then came back last month at Ellis Park to finish a close third. She finds a field that she should be competitive in today and has worked very well leading up to today's race. Brad Cox is 28% with horses making their second start after a layoff of 45 to 180 days, and he's 27% with horses that have been off 31 to 60 days. Cox and Flo Giroux are a combined 26% over 2022 and 2023. So Churchill race eight, number three, musical score. Finally, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a terrific card tonight, stacked with several stakes eliminations, and culminating in race 12 with a standardbred jackpot high five with a mandatory payout with a carryover of $583,607, and you can play it for 20 cents. Ooh. Race 11, though, is a one-mile pace, a purse of $21,000. Ten horses are set to go to the post, including number three, Better Be Bold, who drops in from last week's Simcoe Stakes, which saw this guy pace his last quarter in 25-3, and three, and he did make up some ground in the stretch. The week before, in an OSS Gold event, Better Be Bold bothered a rival in the stretch and was placed back to ninth for causing interference. He drops into a class tonight that saw him finish a close second on August 26th and a win on August 5th. He gets some post-position relief tonight, which should ha- help having drawn the seven and the eight hole the last two starts. A better post tonight, a class drop, and a 25-3 and three last quarter last week. Better be bold looks ready to pounce tonight for the winning combination of Sean Stacy and friend of the show Bob McClure. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 11, number three, better be bold. Thank you, Larry. I'm in awe of you. Have a great day at the races, my friend. And just before we go, a big shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark, and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, by the way, a new one was recently released, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Don't forget... 
About the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Please donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long. Thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.